Alright folks, welcome back to another episode of Mostly Ghostly with me, Matthew Fisher, and my wonderful co-host, Ray Booten. Ray Booten, how you doing over there today, bud? Pretty good, how about you? I'm doing pretty good myself, pretty fantastic, you know. I just got a nice score at the old thrift store, flea market store down the street as we were talking about before with some nice uh, original... I think theater uh, issued cardboard cutouts of uh, from Tim Burton's 1989 Batman of the Joker and Batman. Very nice, very good stuff um, for all the people out there that get into that stuff. But for the people that don't get into stuff like that, you can only get into one other thing, and that would be the dark arts of voodoo. And uh, that brings in our topic for today, this evening's topic, as the dark craft. Voodoo. Um, what was your introduction to Voodoo Ray? Mine was through movies okay. originally. I agree. I have, yeah, I'd have to agree. Yeah, I saw uh, lo- looking at different movies, and you probably uh, best I rec- can recollect way back was uh, Voodoo's responsible for zombies. So it was movies, zombies, Voodoo, kind of a all mashed up together there. That's the first time I came across it. Yeah. Yeah, I remember you got, like, a serpent in the rainbow. Uh, I remember as a kid. Oh, <laughs> as yeah. A, as a youth. Even, you know, child's play, there's voodoo in that, where he, when he's putting his soul into the doll, there's voodoo at that moment. Voodoo is a big element, you know what I mean? It's, um, it's that dark art type stuff, you know what I mean? That's the whole deal with that. Uh, the word voodoo which has many different names and spellings like Vadan, Vadu, Vadu, Voodoo, Vadown, Vadown, and Voodoo is the name of a West African animist spiritual folkway. Some class uh, it as a religion. However, Voodoo is more of a way of life. Uh, it is a supernatural ancestral connection passed from generation to generation via oral tradition, rituals, and routine spiritual practices. Voodoo evolved across the centuries and has variations from tribe to tribe religion. Uh, the faith mode of white people, on the other, on the other hand, is based on the formal organization. Myths and dogma encoded in texts, buildings constructed for worship, and hierarchy of ordained leaders. Voodoo uh, is an animism or spiritism. That is, all aspects of the natural world are seen as having spiritual identity immune to physical death. Animism includes belief in each person's spirit surviving the death of the body, Ancestors' spirits are called upon for inspiration, protection, and other influences over the material world. In the New World, most voodoo believers became Christian in order to enhance their welfare under the control of Christian owners. Now most of those Christian voodoo faithful identify, at least publicly, as Catholic. The roots of voodoo in the Americas come from the Kfan, the Iu, and the Yoruba people of Africa. The word Vodun is the fon u word for spirit. In voodoo, many gods and spirits are prayed to or called on. Both spirits of nature and of dead people are important. The spirits of a family member who had died are especially important. 
Voodoo often has rituals with uh, music and dancing. Drums are used to make most of this music. In Voodoo, people often believe that the spirit is in their body and controlling the body. Having a spirit come into you, uh, come into you is wanted and important. A spirit can speak for the gods or dead people you love. You can all and can also help heal or do magic, magic and magic. You know what I mean? Um, voodoo in Haiti, <clears throat> which when I think of voodoo, I think I think of Haiti right off the bat. Um, very voodoo prominent place, I believe. Right, Ray? Or am I completely inaccurate and uh, ignorant to say that? Uh, it's very strong there. The yeah. system. You know, there was this movie, um, very dramatic film, called Weekend at Bernie's 2, that uh, <laughs> dealt with the voodoo, the voodoo aspect of things. Uh, but voodoo in Haiti, uh, another word for voodoo is vadoo. Used in Haiti, where the Creole language is based on French language, African voodoo often has animal sacrifice, uh, where the animal is killed for the spirits, but this is not common in Haiti. Voodoo in Haiti and America has also added some Catholic ideas that were not known in African voodoo. Though contested subject among scholars of voodoo, the use of Catholic uh, saints in iconography is theorized to have developed as a means of not only adaptation and survival, but as a decision to incorporate new forms of magic into their religious corpus as a safety precaution. Voodoo is an important religion in Haiti. Uh, when Haiti beat the French in the war and became its own country, the people of Haiti believed that voodoo would help them win. Also, in Haiti, there are both good priests and dark sorcerers uh, called bokor. Uh, the bokor acts like the kind of religious policemen and may curse bad people. Well, at least they're cursing bad people. If you're cursing bad people, is that really a curse? Or what do you think, Ray? Well, if the curse brings more bad to the bad people, a curse is a curse. I guess so. So, yeah, it's... Uh, bad energy. Yeah, bad bad energy, yep. You know. Uh, voodoo in the United States. Voodoo originally entered the United States via immigrants from Africa and Haiti, such as Mary Laveau, uh, the voodoo queen of New Orleans, uh, which I'd like to also add to that fun fact there's this, a great Dr. Hook in the Medicine Show um, song called Marie Laveau. Uh, go check that out immediately on YouTube, uh, and you'll thank me later. Uh, Marie was a pacifist and known for healing people. Though unprecedented, the local Catholic priests let Marie practice voodoo in the Catholic Church, and as a result, she became famous, leading along with others, many in Louisiana, to believe in voodoo. I bet a lot of people said she had a spell on that priest. Uh, maybe. Her detractors, I know, uh, take a look at the fact that one thing she did for a long while, yeah. she, was a, she was a hairdresser or stylist, was very popular among the, the rich down in New Orleans. And yeah. some people accuse her of taking the gossip that yeah. she would hear in the conversations. Hmm. and using it for her own benefit to enhance her career and sometimes even to uh, gain gain some money to and uh, also some people would think it was power she had to be able to see things but everybody has detractors 
and some like to follow that path saying no it couldn't be voodoo it was uh, you know what she heard and then she manipulated information in people later on yeah it's uh are you familiar with the, the song the Dr. Hook song about her uh no I'm not great song I wish I could play I wish we could play songs on um on the show it'd be nice but uh unfortunately we cannot you know what I mean we cannot do that um but you know there was uh you know a lot of what do you think about you think the the voodoo thing how it was made it was so popularized in film and you know on cartoons and comics anything uh you can really think of do you think that's kind of uh, uh the way we talk about Ouija boards and such where it, you know they try and take the sting out of it and, and dish it out to the public you think the same thing with uh how well, what's your take on voodoo as a religion well, I think if you're going to what you saw in the movies, they were taking something and manipulating it to present an image they wanted you to make some money, whether it be mm-hmm. the movies or whatever it may happen to be. Since most people didn't understand its background or didn't know it at, its, at the time, yeah, um, they portrayed it as mostly dark. Uh, that you know, make a doll, stick a needle in it, curse somebody. Whereas, in fact, the voodoo practitioner, if they did make dolls, and they did. Um, a pin might be to attach a name or it might be actually where they wanted the healing. Mm-hmm. But it was kind of twisted around so that uh, it was kind of like, no, I'm going to hurt you. I'm going to stab the doll and then the person in the knee and the person can't walk, that sort of thing. So it was uh, something that they knew very little of, they manipulated and made money off of and created yeah. a legend around. Mm-hmm. The original... Um, if you're talking about the original beliefs, they're not that far off from a lot from a lot of Aboriginal or older cultures. In that, um, you got many people, even Native Americans. Uh, traditionally, in the past, they believed that there were there was power in nature, mm. and the spirits in nature, and many Aboriginal cultures believe in that. So, for it to come <laughs> out of Africa and have that belief in the power in nature and Nowadays, uh, people call some of those powers elementals. Mm-hmm. Uh, they believe that those powers are there. Uh, it's common. It's not surprising to believe that there is a hierarchy. In a sense, um, that's common in many religions because you usually have the, de- the deity, the divine. But then when you have, for instance, um, to use a Christian basis, you have angels. Well, they're almost like gods themselves, and people pray to angels. Mm. And then you have, and some they have saints, and they're like a step down. They're like a semi or demi god, and they're people will pray to them for help. Well, what you're doing here is uh, in the original voodoo, you had these different elementals, these different forces, and you had one main one and the other ones were aspects of it it's very common in uh, many religions and they would pray to the god that would um, or was associated with their need or what was going on to be able to be able to help them in that sort of healing and that's also common in, in different cultures I know in different parts of the far east there's there are different uh, gods for different things that uh, you know if you need this this aspect of your life and then you you pray here to this God and you know if it's wealth for this one health for this one 
job for this one and there are cultures where that still goes on but they don't call it voodoo it mm -hmm. just evolved differently with a different name yeah you know you got you know like many other religions and practices people learn about voodoo and, and, and hoodoo through movies and TV shows where it's gained popularity and, and has today as a form of entertainment Hoodoo was showcased in the 2005 suspense movie The Skeleton Key, starring Kate Hudson, correctly uh, emphasizing that it was uh, hoodoo uh, that was being used. And in 2009's Disney, The Princess and the Frog, zombies are a large part of popular horror culture, and they originated in voodoo folklore, like we said earlier, from the original word nizambi, which refers to the primary spirit and or to use one's soul. The 2009 release of Zombieland and the 2004 movie Shaun of the Dead are both uh, horror comedies. But, you know, even the Pirates of the Caribbean films, Stardust, uh, Scooby-Doo, a lot of children's films, uh, you know, it Indiana Jones films, the, Prince the Princess and the Frog, like it was said before. Um, you know, what do you think about it being made... You know the voodoo thing. Be is you think it's something that shouldn't be played with? Like the, you know when we do, like to go back to the Ouija board thing that I said brought up a little while ago. Do you think that voodoo's kind of being glamorized to be a little less um, dangerous than it could be, than it is, or rather? I think that voodoo itself, if you go with traditional voodoo, yeah, is not really dangerous. Okay. Um, Yes, you have to recognize that there are other powers in the world that uh, are beyond us as human beings and that uh, we can interact with these powers. Mm -hmm. What we want to call them, what sort of name we want to put on them, um, I don't know. Um, that's going to be up to each culture and that's going to be up to each person where they um, get the names for these powers, these deities, these things, that these elementals that they're trying to interact with. Should you be careful? Yes. Do I think it is uh, have the, has the potential? Uh, unless you're going to corrupt it, does it have the potential of a Ouija board? No. But then again, if you were doing it like the uh, so-called voodoo police, I forgot what their name were, the wizards. Mm. Yeah. Uh, unless They're you're wrong. doing it for evil, and yeah. then then you're connecting with a connecting with a whole different set of powers. And unfortunately, right. I think nowadays most people would probably do it for that reason. Because they're all power hungry, and they like control, and they want, and I want this, I want that, I want this, I want that, and uh, the misuse is definitely there. That potential is definitely there. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. You know, I mean, pop culture has kind of grabbed it and kind of, you know, uh, ran with it a little bit, if you will. You know, music, this music's the same way. You know, just as there is Christian music, there is music that came from voodoo rituals, which influenced jazz, and many of the original jazz players of Rumindu have had a connection to voodoo in some way, including Jelly Roll Morton and Louis Armstrong. Uh, Storyville, a district in New Orleans, was a place where at night jazz was played and hoodoo was sold there, uh, jazz thrived and pulsed with the voices of instruments of Jelly Roll. Um, Sweet Emma Barrett and many others. Uh, there are many songs and albums that reference voodoo and or hoodoo, either in the title Hoodoo by Muse or an actual song such as uh, 
David Bowie's song, Magic Dance, with the lyric, You remind me of the babe. What babe? The babe with the power. What power? The power of the hoodoo. Hoodoo, you do. Do what? Remind me of the babe. You know what I mean? Another example is Rob Zombie, who started the band White Zombie, you know, which is a voodoo film, you know, Bella Lugosi is a zombie, you know, back in the day, going way back. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, some other, we had some other of those uh, crazy folks. Other uh, songs, you know, you had like a Godsmack dabbled, uh, did, a, did a song called Voodoo, Adam Lambert, who's kind of a big deal now, I guess, Black Sabbath, of course, Body Count, you know, Ice-T is Body Count, Chris Isaac, Americans Loved, Frank Ocean, uh, the, one of the Jonas Brothers, you know what I mean, the Spice Girls did a, a track called Voodoo, you know, it's just, uh, it's kind of out there, you know what I mean, it's had some musicals and stuff like that, it's really, so, it, I mean, it, it, draw, it draws the attention and get the attention that it's looking for, you know what I mean, but I'm interested to hear you say that you don't think it's a, a dangerous or harmful for people to be dabbling around in. I would say if you go with the traditional voodoo. Yeah. I mean, you were just you were just talking about music and sounds. Um, yeah, that, that's completely I, cool. I spent uh, five years on a traditional Native American drum, and yeah. we did uh, cer- ceremonies on reservations. We also did some public powwows, mm-hmm. and there's a variety of different things that you do. One thing that's uh, if you if you stay with the drum. And if you stay with the sound, sound itself is powerful. Yeah. Um, that's how you curse through sounds. That's how you prayer your voices through sounds. Uh, but there's something called shamanic drumming, which is drumming at 120 beats a minute, mm. which kind of sets up a vibration and the whole brain thing. And you go on a trip. You do that for a couple of minutes once and you're subject subject to it and your whole orientation changes and that's why they call it shamanic drumming uh to take you somewhere and there are certain songs that we used to do that did a similar thing mm. and being a being able to connect i think that if you stay with the original intent uh of voodoo then i think there's no problem but just like if you take uh christianity the original intent behind it is good but you take people who focus on the devil or evil and twist it around and then they're delving into the dark side and they're taking only one aspect of it and they're using it for themselves and they're using it for power and they're using it for evil Mm. Uh, so the potential is there in today's society I'd say the potential is high because of how it is misunderstood and how society is running now nowadays with the craziness that's going on in the world. Right. But I would say if you go with traditional voodoo, it's not much different than many uh, Aboriginal or very very old religions. And some people won't call it a religion, but it was a belief system. Even if right. you say that uh, you mentioned earlier that it's not so much a religion; it's a way of life. Mm-hmm. Um, if you take the old, very old, uh, predating Christianity and you go into the old Judaism, the old Hebrew word for faith 
basically translated more into lifestyle. It wasn't what you believed, it was how you lived. And voodoo had a very similar context, it was how you lived. And I can remember at the drum and at the clan mothers and stuff like that, and they would uh, say, you know, uh, if you're Indian or Native American, it's not what you believe, it's how you live. Mm. But there's that common theme among uh, both established religions and other belief systems that uh, it's not really the religion, it's not really the faith, it's your day-to-day living that is your faith and that is your belief that manifests it. Yeah. Because without, without that day-to-day living, it's useless. Truth. Yeah. I agree with that, you know. We got uh, a little more a little more info on the Haitian uh, Haitian voodoo, which I assume would be the most popular of the voodoo of the voodoo styles practiced. Um, uh, you know, like, like I said before, it's African dysporic religion that developed in Haiti between the 16th and 19th centuries. It arose through a process of uh, syncretism between the traditional religions of West Africa and Roman Roman Catholic Catholicism. Adherents are known as Vaduist, French Vaduist, Vaduist are servants of the spirits. Uh, Vadu focuses on the veneration of uh, de- deities known as Iowa. They are often identified both as Yoruba gods as well as Roman Catholic saints. Various myths and stories are told about these Iowa, which are regarded as subservient to a transcendent creator deity, Bondi. Uh, an initiatory tradition, Vaduas usually meet in Unfro uh, temples run by the priests known as Ungans or priestesses known as manbos, to venetrate the Iowa. Uh, a central ritual involves practitioners drumming, singing, and dancing to encourage Iowa to, pres- to possess one of their members. They believe that through the possession uh, possessed individual, they can communicate directly with Iowa, offering the Iowa include fruit, in the blood of sacrificed animals, several forms of uh, divination are utilized to decipher messages from the Iowa. Hailing rituals and the preparation of herbal remedies, amulets, and charms also play a prominent role. Uh, Vadu developed among Afro-Haitian communities amid the Atlantic slave trade of the 16th to 19th centuries. So this was kind of developed amongst the slave trade? Is that what they're going for? Uh, yeah. So you think it was... The the adaptation and the bringing in of the uh, Christian saints was really a way of survival. They could say that they were Christian and not be persecuted or killed, which was basically, if you weren't in that time, I mean, it happened to a lot of Native Americans, it happened to a lot of cultures. If you didn't embrace it, then you were persecuted, and quite often you were wiped out. Yeah. So I think incorporating the Christianity in there uh, was a survival thing. And also, you can also take a look at, they saw similarities between, let's say, certain saints and certain deities or sub-deities, whichever way you want to call it, Mm -hmm. uh, certain similarities between them uh, as to uh, what they did. I I know that, like, for instance, there are different saints that 
you pray for different things. Mm. I forgot. I forget which one it is. Uh, there's one of them for lost causes. I forget which uh, which one that is. But they're uh, different ones you pray to, and so it appealed to them in that respect, and they could adapt and incorporate very easily. Uh, initially, possibly just for survival. Later on, it just became ingrained in the belief system. Yeah. Yeah, it, it arose through the blending of traditional religions brought to the islands of Hispanola uh, by enslaved West Africans, many of them Yoruba, and the Roman Catholic teachings of the French colonists who then controlled the island. Many uh, voodoo practitioners were involved in the Haitian Revolution, which overthrew the French colonial government, abolished slavery, and formed modern Haiti. The Roman Catholic Church left for several decades following the revolution, allowing voodoo to become Haiti's dominant religion. Um, in the 20th century, growing uh, immigration spread voodoo elsewhere in the Americas. The late 20th century saw growing links between voodoo and other Orisha-worshipping traditions in West Africa. In the Americas, such as the, Cuma, the Cuban Santeria, which I know that kind of has close ties, uh, and Brazilian Canombi, which I know less about, but I think that has some ties too, right? since the late 20th century, some practitioners have emphasized that Yoruburization process to remove Roman Catholic influences and create forms of voodoo closer to traditional Yaruba religion. Practitioners of voodoo are primarily found in Haiti, although communities exist in other parts of Americas, especially among the Haitian diaspora in the United States. Both in Haiti and abroad, it, ha it has spread beyond its Afro-Haitian origins and is practiced by individuals of various different ethnicities. Vaudoux has faced much opposition and criticism through its history, having repeatedly been described as one of the world's most misunderstood religious traditions. I find it interesting that it kind of started around the slave era, where it's almost like a rising up type thing, you know? Uh, well, I believe at that time there, I can't say for sure, but it would make sense that uh, the slaves were trying to hold on to their roots and their power empower themselves you know yeah empower themselves and hold on to some of their own identity while they uh were slaves and had everything else taken away from them so it makes sense that they would hold on to that as well as uh like i said for survival's sake uh incorporate some of uh the features of the of the religion of the oppressors yeah you don't hear about too many white people kicking voodoo you know what I mean? That's not a yeah, that's not a common dialogue that's brought up for sure. It's usually a African American thing. Um, you know, we got names and etymology, you know, the term the term voodoo encompasses a variety of Haitian African derived religious traditions and practices. So I mean it covers it's not just it's like when you say the government's bad, it's like the government's a big blanketed you know, <laughs> yeah. name. You know what I mean. Um, but the word the word derives from Aizo word, referring to mysterious forces or powers that govern the world and the lives of those who reside within it. But also a range of artistic forms that function in the conjunction with these Vuden energies 
Two of the major speaking populations of Aizo are the Iu and the Fon, European slavers called both the Arada. Uh, these two people composed a sizable number of the early enslaved population in San Domenico. In Haiti, practitioners occasionally the Vodou to refer to Haitian religion genetically, generically, but it's more common for the practitioners to refer to themselves as those who serve the spirits. Um, by participating in ritual ceremonies, usually called the service to the uh, Loa, L-O-A, uh, service Awa, or an African service. You know, so they're big on the services, you know, it's one of those, one of those things, the, uh, so the, it's not, so the Haitians isn't much, when I, you'd think there'd be more cursing and stuff like that, when you hear voodoo, when you hear voodoo, I mean voodoo is, uh, is made out to be more of a more of a I guess a darker thing than it, than it is. Is that would I be accurate in saying something like that? You know, it just seems voodoo. You hear voodoo and you feel shrunken heads and putting curses on people and dancing with the devil in the pale moonlight. You know what I mean? Well, I, I can see where that might develop. I mean, if you have a primarily, um, you have a Okay, I'll put it as a conquering race. In this particular case, it was white, primarily. Yeah. That are take, taking the slaves, and this is the religion of the slaves, the dark people, then it becomes a dark religion and a dark uh, thing that you don't want to do. And I think that some of it was kind of taken and twisted, as I said, to be made into entertainment. The people that they had the fear of the unknown, this was an unknown belief, and they just would take a ritual and twist it around. Um, you take, for instance, um, I think in Haiti, if I remember correctly, is where they would also sacrifice animals. Mm-hmm. And people think, oh, that's barbaric. But if you go back to times, uh, actually, if you go back to the temple in Jerusalem, you would bring an unblemished lamb to be slaughtered as a sacrifice. So sacrificing animals in many cultures... Um, even t- today, even outside of voodoo, um, that still goes on, the idea of sacrifice. But it was people who later on were taking a look at it and saying, oh, look, they're killing. Uh, what are they doing with that blood? Or oh, it can't be any good. Uh, and they would just build stories up about something they didn't understand, uh, particularly when looking at the people they considered an underclass or less than them. Mm-hmm. Um, Hollywood, I think that, uh, or entertainment overall just kind of helps spread those things and they use it because, oh, look at, here's a convenient thing that we can make an interesting story out of. Let's scare people with it. It's something they don't know about. Mm. And it's easy to misrepresent if few people know about what the true roots are. Right. Again, going back to if you take, uh, you can take that power and you can take, uh, the interaction with different powers in nature. And uh, you can twist it and use it for evil, but that was not the original intent uh, for any true believers in the past. Yeah, the spelling voodoo, you know, V-O-O-D-O-O, once very common, is now generally avoided by the Haitian practitioners and scholars when referring to the Haitian religion. This is both to avoid confusion with Louisiana voodoo, 
uh, a related but distinct set of religious practices, as well as to separate Haitian voodoo from the negative connotations and misconceptions uh, the term voodoo has acquired in pop culture. So they've actually gone as far as to change the actual spelling up, which is very interesting. But, yeah, when you catch a bad rap like that, it's the 80s. you got to blame the 80s when they made... When they did all the chicken bones and the nose and all those spoofs and stuff, you know what I mean? And um, screaming Jay Hawkins type shit, you know what I mean? Where I put a spell on you, you know what I mean? Yep. Yep. I also know that uh, in many Aboriginal cultures, for instance, because uh, I know that in voodoo, uh, they may take different parts of an animal and keep them because they believe it has power of the animal. Yeah. And I know that that is the same in many Aboriginal cultures, whether it's a medicine man who dresses in a wolf skin for the power of the wolf, um, and many uh, totems, uh, could be a hawk feather, there are many different things that are used in a lot of cultures in the same way. Uh, it's just that this particular one got twisted around a little bit more yeah. than, than most. And uh, that's unfortunate, but no more, no more so than, like I said before, Christianity, where people take just the dark side and uh, do the hail Satan and, and ignore everything else. Yeah, I mean, it, when when they changed their name, that reminded me a lot of the Christianity thing too, where you got so many, you know, people say they're Christian, but there's so many different levels and sex to it. You know what I mean? And like. You know, you got there, there. There's groups of Christians that, you know, go to go to people's funerals and hold up, you know, God hates fags like signs. You know what I mean? And then on the flip side, there's Christian pastors that are gay. You know what I mean? But they're all being lumped in under the umbrella of being Christian. You know what I mean? It's the same thing with the Haitian thing, where you got the good and the bad, I guess. And then there's the ones that, um, you know, just don't want to be connected to the other ones, you know what I mean? Well, anytime it's put out there, and unfortunately it was within entertainment as well as culturally, for entertainment to pick up on it in certain areas, um, the dark side of it, yeah. and that was exploited, then... To protect yourself, you're going to change a name because you want to distance yourself from that. So, yeah, I, I could see where they would have a reason to change to change their name. So, when they talk about it, people don't automatically judge them based on uh, hearsay or a movie they've seen. It's possible that the the, the you know the, the way that they've made. They've made the world look at the at voodoo, uh, you know, could have been uh, a little bit racist, maybe a little racist, you know. Oh, uh, back in a certain time, I don't doubt it at all because of where the origins came from. Yeah, you know, it's kind of like that barbarian thing, like the thing I said about the bone through the nose type deal. You know, they're gonna make, you know, you make jokes and stuff like that, and and, and that's how you get. You know, turning people into animals, you know what I mean? And they, the way that they believe in the thing they do, you know, you try and make that look like it's throwing 
throwing, you know, smoke bombs and jump, jumping all over the place and eating babies and soup and, you know. Well, there was, uh, I can remember a time, mm-hmm. and you're going to go back about 15 years ago, and uh, I was working in a place, and someone said, what are you doing this weekend? I said, oh, I'm going up to uh, such and such powwow. And I said, mm-hmm. you're going to powwow? And he said, uh, yeah, the drum's going to be there. I'm going to be drumming at the powwow. I said, are you Native American? And I do have a very small percentage, and I was adopted by a tribe. Mm. Um, and I said, yeah, I'll be, I'll be drumming Native American. And they actually looked at me with a straightened face and said, do you people, uh, I knew something was coming when they said that, yeah. do, you, do you people eat normal food? <laughs> now, back in the day... Mm-hmm. I just looked at him with a straight face and said, yeah, but we prefer newborns. They're so tender. Uh, sure, though. And their mouths dropped, and I just looked at him and said, really? You had to ask that, and I walked away. But, yeah, even uh, in society today, if you take something as simple as um, Native American, the way it's portrayed in many films or had been, it was always like the noble savage, but it was yeah. still a savage. You know, it's there's a savage, there's a primitive person, there's a no, there's just a human being that believes and lives differently than you do. That's all, and that's the same thing with the voodoo, except that they had the downside there, um, and how it was brought into this country, and how the people looked at the race that brought it brought mm-hmm. it into this country that was uh, put them at the bottom and fostered a lot of mistrust. Yeah, it's true, man. It's true. You know, there's no uh, central uh, liturgical. There's no central liturgical authority within voodoo, which takes both domestic and communal forms. There's a regional variation within voodoo, though, including differences in how it is practiced in rural and urban areas, and how uh, how it is practiced both in Haiti and among the international Haitian diaspora. Practices uh, vary between congregations, and congregations may consist of an extended family, especially in the rural areas of Haiti. In other examples, particularly in urban areas, in UNFO can act as a uh, initiatory family. Now, have you ever stumbled into a church of like voodoo? No, right? I'd say no, like not over here. Uh, no. I've, I've never stumbled into that. Never came across a practitioner. I would love to sit down and talk yeah. with one if I if I met them to find out what the uh, what the real scoop is from their perspective, and find out. Okay, I've read about it. I've heard about it. Now you tell me what it actually is, and see what how they live it and what it means to them, which would probably be a totally different thing. Yeah, than I what mean, you hear than what you hear about or see. I'm, I I agree 110 and be a good person to have on the show. Yeah, well, I mean, of all the religions, you see Catholic churches, you know, you see like Christian churches, you know, synagogues, uh, chapels, um, you know what I mean, uh, temple, um, you know, all types of things. You know, we got a Abington, I think, has like a Buddhist, like little. Uh, like temple type thing going, which is kind of kind of cool to look cool to look at from the outside. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, the voodoo, you know, 
don't see nothing. Don't see no type of con- place to congregate for beliefs in that, you know? No, I think in today's society, unfortunately, anybody with a strong belief, unless it is um, mainstream, mm. then and even that's attacked quite often by uh, people just trying to tear it down. Right. Any anybody with a strong belief uh, getting attacked. But I think if you have and you're nowhere near mainstream, and voodoo is, pro- uh, I would put not near mainstream. Not to put it down, but it's, it's simply not. Um, yeah, you go around uh, and profess that, and you're going to get weird looks. I mean, it, right now it's tough enough even for people, and I know uh, some, it's tough enough for people with Wiccan. Mm. I mean, they think, oh, witches and cast spells and this and that, and because they don't understand Wiccan. Why do you so think... Why do you think what? Why, yeah, go ahead. why do you think we don't have these these kind of smaller churches? Because you you think that just there's no funding for them, or you think that they're afraid that they're so small that they might try and get you know violence might come upon them. Uh, funding is is realistically funding is part of it. The other thing is that why would you want to go public on something which most people look down on or see as evil when you know it's not? Are you going to engage in that fight? Are you simply going to live your life according to your beliefs? Yeah, but isn't ever doesn't every religion have that martyr element to it, where you 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 stand up for what you believe, whether you, other people like it or not? No. Uh, you can say yes, but I also think that there's no reason to put it out there and create the situation where people are going to attack you. Yeah, true. I mean, if if they find you, then you simply stand up for what you believe. But if they don't know you're there, you simply go about living your life. Now, if you knew somebody, uh, let's say, 10 years, they were a great person, you really liked them, and you suddenly found out uh, they were a voodoo practitioner, mm-hmm. would you look at them differently? Right. Some people, unfortunately, would just by attaching voodoo to it. Yeah. And that's that's sad that they do that, but uh, it means yeah, they may just have to hide in a sense, so as not to be persecuted to this day, or at least ostracized. Maybe they don't thrive off money. You know, you look, it seems like some of the big, the bigger religions that thrive off of money are the ones that have stations for you to go to and give your money to them. You know. Uh, yeah, I would say they they share that with a lot of Aboriginal religions. They're not not being money orientated. Yeah, I mean it's a uh, a joke among native tribes were that uh, well the way we're going to get back the white man for taking the land is we're going to build a casino and take his money. <laughs> and it seems to be yeah. it seems to be working. A little at a time, killing them softly. They say. Uh, yep. Well, that, that reminds me of another joke. Uh, people would, people always would come up and say, "Oh, what's that thing? What does it mean when a drum go when uh, the uh, you drum and it goes boo 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 boom boom like you hear in movies?" Yeah. And we used to bust them up saying, "Oh, that's easy. Kill the white men. Kill the white men." <laughs> <laughs> they would they would look at you and go. Uh, we're joking. Lighten up, huh? If we can joke about it, you can. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's funny. Yeah, that's a good sense of humor. You've got to um, have, have a sense of humor to get by. I think that uh, the voodoo 
at least among the practitioners, uh, can kind of shake their head and look at the rest of the world, but uh, I don't see any reason for them to go out and try and um, really push it, create confrontation. Also, if it's how you live, then that belief system on how you live, your living is your example. And if someone asks a question, then you tell them. Yeah. But it's not really uh, the go out and convert the world type of thing. Uh, many Aboriginal religions or many older ones do not have the go out and convert the world. That's a more recent thing. By recent, I'm saying 2,000 years, 3,000 years, where it became religion... Uh, and particularly later on when the uh, Catholic Church, Church took over and conquered in the name of religion, uh, it took a bit of a downturn there with the conquering and the subjugation of people. But I think that many of the older religions, you didn't go out and try and shove it down someone's throat. And you lived an exemplary life, and then when uh, someone asked you a question, then you would talk with them. But it was your life that showed them what the way was. Yeah. Yeah, um, the you know the, the the Haitian voodoo. They have a they had some weird like deities that I wanted to bring up. I don't know. In in, in my research, I stumbled into them. I don't know if you stumbled into them as well. But uh, we got the Papa Legba, also known as Legba, uh, is the first uh, Iwa to be uh, saluted during voodoo ceremonies. Visually, he is depicted as a feeble old man wearing rags and using a crutch. Papa Legba is regarded as the protector of gates and fences and thus of the home, as well as the roads, paths, and crossroads. The second uh, Iwa uh, that are usually greeted are the Marasa, or Sacred Twins. Uh, in Vodou, every nation has its own Marasa reflecting a belief that twins have special powers. Agui, also known as Agui Toroyo, is associated with aquatic life and protector of ships and fishermen. Agui is believed to rule the sea with his consort, Larison. Uh, she is a mermaid or a siren and is sometimes described as Azalee of the waters because she is believed to bring good luck and wealth from the sea. Uh, Azalee Freda, or Arizula Freda, is the Iowa of love and luxury, uh, personifying feminine beauty and grace. Azila Banto is, is Iowa who takes the form of a peasant woman. So right there, I mean, you know, they're they're people they, they as peasants and old feeble men, you know, wearing rags. They're they, you know, it's like it's almost breaks down that thing of like takes away ego and uh, you know wearing nice clothes and all that. Like the whole having an ego about them, it kind of strips them down to their bare soul. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I also like the fact that uh, the one without the ego. Uh, is the one that protects the travelers in the home. Yeah. And uh, helps them find their way. It isn't the uh, rich, it isn't the powerful, it isn't the warrior. It's the quiet old man that leads you down the road to the right path, so to speak, and protects your home and your family. 
Yeah. Um, it's, it's interesting. The female one really sounds a lot like, um, if you go back to Greco-Roman, it sounds a lot like Venus. Mm-hmm. Truth. So there, there are some parallels there as to how it was divided up. Um, but the big, a big difference, uh, would be, I mean, if Zeus was not promiscuous, there wouldn't be all those other gods and sub-gods. He was a rowdy one there, but besides that, uh, their, their main god seems to have that humility about them and to be more caring, not flashy. Yeah. I think, I think also since they have a respect for and, um, also honor ancestors and believe they can speak to them, I think having the image of an old man, uh, and again, like many Aboriginal cultures, age is revered because that's where the wisdom is. So you have the wise old man that leads you down the right path, uh, protects you on the road, protects your home. Yeah. I like it. No, I agree. Uh, we also have Zaka or Azaka uh, is the Iowa of crops and agriculture. He is usually uh, addressed as Papa or Cousin. Loco is the Iowa of vegetation, and because he is seen to be uh, to give healing prosperities to various plant species, is considered the Iowa of healing too. Ogu is a warrior Iowa associated with weapons. Sogbo is an Iowa associated with lighting, uh, while his companion Bade is associated with the wind. Dembala, or Denbala, is the serpent Iowa and is associated with water, being believed to frequent rivers, springs, and marshes. He is uh, one of the most popular deities within the Vodou pantheon. Denbala and his consort, Aida Wedo, are often depicted as a pair of intertwining snakes. The Simbi are understood as the guardians of fountains and marshes. Now, uh, people snakes creep me out big time. Whenever I hear about people snakes, always, ever since the old days of you know, like the the freak show situation, you know, um, which the whole freak show thing. I mean, it you know, it has to stem from folklore of stuff like this, like. They happen to have a picture of the Dan Bala, like a painting that um, an, a Haitian artist, Hector Hippolyte, did um, back in the day. And it's of a, you know, uh, 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 it looks like to be a woman, but could be a man with, uh, with longer hair. Um, and from the shoulders down, it turns into like a, a snake. Uh, I, you know, the serpents are very big in religion, you know, uh, both... In good ways and bad ways, you know, d- depending on the religion, and um, I don't know what it is. What, what is it about the snake and the serpent that's what? Why? Why do you think it's such? Because it's so different than a human. Why do you think it's such a counter to, um, you know, when when we're thinking of these these other de- these deities or these these like hybrids and stuff like that? You know what I mean? What's your take on on these these? What's your take on the human snake hybrid situation? Um, snakes being good, I know that is fairly common. I mean, if you take the uh, current day, uh, one of the medical sim- symbols for a doctor, it's the staff with the snakes intertwined around it. Mm-hmm. 
I know in Native American Western cultures, uh, Western tribes saw the snake as healing medicine. Mm. And that was because the snake was impervious to the poison. It may have been poisonous, but the poison didn't affect the snake. So it was a healer. And at that time, a medicine man would draw the poison out of you, kind of like a reverse snake bite, Mm -hmm. to then then dispel the, the poison. I think that uh, making the snake and the person combining them together is kind of just bridging the gap between the snake itself and humanity, making a connection there with with the snake, making it uh, kind of a much more, to us maybe creepy, but to them a much more palatable, a much easier image to embrace. It's a more spiritual image. Yeah. Because, like, I don't think that, well, these things, I mean, you don't think that something existed at one point that was half half man, half snake, do you? Um, I got serious doubts about that. Me too. I know it's, it's <laughs> yeah. in a lot of legends around the world, yeah. but I got some serious doubts, at least anything that originated out of this dimension. I mean, do you think it's just a matter of some, some, some storytellers saying, I'm going to, I'm going to, we got animal in person, and... It's reptile realistically, but we got these two different species, and we got we want to make this higher higher being. So it can't just be all human, or it can't be all animals. So let's mash them up. You think it's more of something like that? Uh, it got a clear in the telling of the story somewhere down the line. Since it's primarily an oral tradition, it may have been changed a bit. And when people started painting images, then they settled on something. Uh, oral traditions are good, but all oral traditions are subject to, uh, misinterpretation or, um, in the retelling, little things have changed. Even just if the presentation has changed, how the person receives the information. Um, I remember I went on a business trip one time, uh, in a seminar and they did an exercise. And they put 10 people outside the room, and I started with the first person, and it said, okay, on the second floor, the uh, copier is not working, and uh, the, fount- the water fountain next to it is broken. Pass the message on. By about the sixth or seventh person, it was a story about how the water, water fountain or bubbler had broken, flooded it, the copier was short-circuited and it had turned into something like that isn't what he originally said there was no flood on the floor there was no short and it was kind of like okay but I think that in you would be much more careful uh, when you're telling the stories when you're passing on the stories that have to do with your belief system Mm -hmm. but even then if it goes on enough years there might be a little tweak here or there it could be on purpose or it could just simply be a little mistake. And particularly if you're talking about translating it from one language to another, that's a biggie. Yeah. So the, the way it evolves, it could have been uh, on purpose or it could have just been something which uh, just developed over time. But, uh, one word here or there changed a little bit and the story or the deity uh, themselves changed. Yeah, it's um, it's something. I mean, the whole thing is. I think it's. I think it's just a mashup of. Cause you know, the snake's always been known to be intelligent and stuff, and I think it's just them kind of mashing up different things. You know, 
Um, but that one, you know, creep the Dembala creeped me out being a big giant snake with a human head that's usually found in the marshes, you know what I mean, in water. That creeps me out. Um, the Gweed, or the Getty, uh, the Getty family uh, of Iowa are associated with the realm of the dead. The head of the family is Bawan Samdi, or Baron Samedi, Baron Saturday. Uh, his consort is Grand Bridget. She uh, has authority over cemeteries and is regarded as the mother of many of the other Gwaid. When the Gwaid are believed to have arrived at the voodoo ceremony, they are usually... They, um... They usually greet it with joy because they bring merriment. Uh, those possessed by the Gwaid at the ceremonies are known for making sexual innuendos. The symbol of the Gwaid is an erect penis, uh, while the band of dance is associated with um, uh, with them involves such sexual styles of thrusting. What do you think of that, Ray? Uh, is, are we still on the uh, deities that have to do with uh, the cemetery and funerals? Yeah, I think so. Okay, that well, to me, that kind of makes sense because the sexual act is a continuation of life. So as a person moves into the next world, these people are celebrating life, their life in the past, and they're celebrating the ongoing life. So for them to kind of combine that imagery that, you know, this person may have passed into another, into another life, but they're continuing on, we're alive, and there's a whole future, and using the sex kind of takes down, uh, the innuendos kind of takes, takes it down a notch and takes some of the fear out of it. Uh, because uh, of the idea that uh, the sexual energy is a life energy and it, life continues on, to me that to me it make, would make sense in those terms. Plus, it'd make a, a awfully fun funeral with like the erect penis thing, right? Yeah, yeah, that was weird. Did you follow up on it? I mean, the the weird, the very sexual. You know, there's always like. It's funny that even like you know we're in this this the, the physical form isn't supposed to mean anything, but there's always sexuality around. You know what I mean? What do you, what's your take on that? Uh, well, the life force in many cultures I know in the uh, Far East uh, is one of them, and many cultures in in the world the life force is a sexual energy. I believe um, some cultures call it the Kundalini in the body and the sexual energy drives us it's also uh the act of procreation creates life so when they're celebrating the person passing into a new life they're also celebrating life overall and its continuation on this planet mm -hmm. and the energy that goes with it so it doesn't it doesn't surprise me too much and i think that it kind of uh gives a different perspective than a funeral and lightens it up a bit says don't take it so seriously we're living let's let's keep on living and have some fun true yeah i always find that almost like the sexuality aspect of it's kind of like a weird thing because they you know sex is kind of frowned upon a little bit in certain unless you play the game right you know what i mean follow the rules you know um but and then it goes like when you go to heaven you know there's no physical touch and stuff like that but there but sexuality is so strong i also always find that very like, interesting, you know what I mean? 
Well, if you go in different parts of the world, um, yeah. sexuality is not frowned upon. Well, um, yeah. And if, if you if if you take Islam, when you go to heaven, mm -hmm. uh, the male gets all those virgins. True. So part part of his reward is sexual. That's true. So it, so it's it's kind of wide open there. It's mostly frowned upon uh, Catholic and Christian. The Christian base. Yeah. It's 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 frowned upon. Yeah. And the, the rules, you know, you got to be married and stuff before sex, supposedly. And, you know, I don't know how other religions feel about it, but I'm pretty sure Christian and Catholic feel the same way about uh, sex, you know, if I remember correctly. Well, if you also go back to the origination, uh, I mean, the, uh, where voodoo originated in parts of Africa, it's not uncommon for men to have multiple wives. Truth. So, again, it's the uh, sexual act, it's the propagation of the tribe and the family and the whole species. Um, it's looked at completely different. It's a life energy, yeah. um, the sexuality. So it's a celebration of life. Yeah. Um, what do they call that, a polygamist? Uh, yeah, that they would, in, this, this, uh, in the U.S., they would call it that, yes. Yeah, I know there's some places that that uh, there's that going on. You know what I mean? You ever see Big Love with uh, the late great Bill Paxton? Uh, nope. It was an HBO show. He was a uh, like a senator that was a polygamist, and uh, it was a big secret. Um, let me see here. You know, uh, the the Iowa are associated with specific Roman Catholic saints. For instance, Azaka, the Iowa of agriculture, is associated with Saint Isidore, the farmer. Uh, similarly, because he is understood as the key to the spirit world, Papa Legba is typically associated with Saint Peter, who is visually depicted holding keys in a traditional Roman Catholic imagery. The Iowa of love and luxury, Ezel Frida is associated with uh, Mater de Rosa, de la Rosa uh, Danbala, who is a serpent and is often equated with St. Patrick, who is traditionally depicted in a scene with snakes. Uh, alternatively, cause, uh, he is often associated with Moses. Because St. Patrick's known for killing snakes, isn't he? Uh, he, was, he drove out the snakes. Uh, yeah, he drove him out of Ireland. That was, that's the whole thing behind St. Patrick's. Uh, the Marasa, or sacred twins, are typically equated with the twin saints Cosmos and Damien. Interesting. You know? Oh, uh, yeah, it's, uh, they found, uh, Catholic saints that had similar, uh, attributes or things attributed to them, so they, they, uh, adapted, they just blended the two of them. Hmm. It's interesting, you know. Uh, voodoo, yeah. uh, voodoo teaches the soul wise. Voodoo teaches the existence of a soul, uh, which is divided into two parts. One of these is the Thai Bonage or the Thai Bonange, and it is understood as the conscience that allows an individual to engage in self-reflection and self-criticism. The other part is the Tu Bonage 
or jubinage or gross bonage and is uh, constitutes the psyche source of a memory, intelligence, and personhood. These two elements are both believed to reside within an individual's head. Uh, voodooists believe that the, the Gu Bajana can leave the head and go traveling while a person is sleeping. Um, Vodquists hold that the spirits of dead humans are different from the, the Gweed, who are regarded as Iwa. Uh, Vaudists believe that the dead can exert an influence on the living and require sacrifices. It does not teach the existence of any afterlife realm akin to the Christian idea of heaven. So that's interesting. So, like, they don't believe in a heaven, eh? Uh, obviously not, no. Uh, do, do you have any idea what they believe? I don't know. Obviously, the ancestors go somewhere since you can interact with them and they're still around. Yeah, I find that it's almost like a l weird loophole thingy. Well, it's more like uh, not heaven as in what uh, Fit, like many other religions would teach, more like another dimension or a place that parallels possibly Earth. Interesting. Dimensional. Go back to our dimensional theme that we like so much. You know? Um, you know, these things, they're, they're usually costumed up and black and purple clothing with funeral frock coats, black veils, top hats, and sunglasses. They, they're, they're dressed fresh, man. They're dressed to fresh to death. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. They're, they're, they're working it. Purple and black, rocking sunglasses. They're like vampires. They got like vampire chic going. They're digging it. That's where the sunglasses... Purple. Yeah, purple in a lot of cultures, um, Middle East, many other cultures. Uh, purple is the color of royalty. Agreed, regal. Yeah, very regal. Yeah, I can appreciate. It. When I was a kid, I liked purple a lot. I still like it. I still enjoy it as a color. But uh, yeah, it's always it's always one of those beautiful things. But, yeah, it's interesting, you know. They get a lot of, um, you know, the beliefs. You know, all the religions. Like, I, when we first started the show, I think we talked about maybe, you know, dipping into all the different type of religions and different beliefs. So it's good that we're kind of cracking into this one. But, uh, yeah, you don't, you don't see it, you don't see it, uh... You don't see it practiced too much, you know, in, in, around locally, you know, in America. I'm sure it's not really, you know, not, not out, not out in the open. The other uh, thing is when they talk about um, music and the dance and the dead taking someone over, that reminds you a lot about channeling. Yeah, which is different, which is different than mediumship. But the person uh, with the dead uh, speak through you. Truth. So it's it's very very similar to that. Um, yeah, there, there are some interesting parallels there with other things in society now and the ancient cultures from around the world. Yeah, yeah. I want to say you know jumping into uh, some dark reality for a second. I want to say like a, maybe maybe a couple months before COVID came around, 
uh, which is probably like a year now, that I want to say I read an article um, that was local or on the news. I think it was actually on the news in Massachusetts. There was like this lady who, it was these two ladies that were, I believe, Haitian, and they were, they had like voodoo beliefs, and supposedly they were like torturing one of the kids because to get like a demon out of them. Uh, but like, uh, DSS got involved and it was like, they took their kids away and they were like on trial because, you know, they were like, they, they were doing like wild stuff. Like they were, they were torturing kids and you, you know, using the excuse of exercising a demon, you know, or I mean, who knows, maybe there was one there, but I don't know, uh, who might have say what, but I remember that recently, um, in the media, and uh, right before COVID, and I remember it was very weird because it was like because of like because of the the fact that they were following their belief type deal, like it wasn't a, a big of a deal as it would be if it was just somebody abusing their kid. You know what I mean? Which is equally as bad. You know what I mean? But it's like I remember that like the the swing that they were giving it was that well, you know, it's. It's not not what I do, but you know, it's kind of, it's what they believe, so it's okay, and it's it's not okay. You know, you gotta kind of look out for those kids because uh, that's a tough hand. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Uh, when it comes to children, I have very little tolerance for any cruelty at all. Yeah. No matter what the reason. Yeah, it was. Uh, I remember that being a, a weird, weird thing. You know. Uh, we got, uh, we, what else we got here? We got uh, the practices, practices of the situation. You know, mostly revolving around interactions with the Iowa uh, voodoo ceremonies. Make use of some uh, drumming, uh, dance, prayer, possession, and animal sacrifice. Practitioners gather uh, for the services uh, in which. They commune with the Iowa. Ceremonies for a particular Iowa often coincide with the feast day of the Roman Catholic saint that Iowa is associated with. Religion operates through the system of graded induction of initiation. The mastery of ritual forms is considered uh, imperative in voodoo. You know what I mean? Um... Vodou has a strong oral culture and is, its teachings are primarily uh, disseminated through oral transmission. Texts began appearing in the mid-20th century, at which point they were uh, utilized by voodooists. Uh, Matrad described voodoo as a practical utilization religion, and voodoo practitioners believe that if one follows all, all taboos imposed by their particular uh, I, I see IOA uh, and is punctuous about all offerings and ceremonies. So the offerings, so maybe they do uh, accept the money. You know what I mean? I think everything kind of moves on money. The Iowa will uh, aid them. Voodoo practitioners also believe that if someone ignores their LOA, it can result in sickness, the failure of crops, and the death of relatives and other misfortunes, which is, you know, very shitty. You know, you don't want that. 
those those are things to fear, you know. It's almost like they they told in the same sentence they're telling you, "Hey, yeah, we accept gifts and money, and we will. Uh, you got to worry about bad things happening to you if you don't appease us." So. Oh, that that sounds very human. It doesn't sound very spiritual. I agree with that, for sure. Hundred ten percent. One of those things, uh, masters. Um, what was I gonna say? Created induction, you know, drumming, dance, prayer, possession. But uh, yeah, you know when they do like when they do big feasts, the consumption of food with their with their 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 ceremonies, you know, the breaking of bed, the, the consuming of animal. That's probably that's usually a tribal thing. You know what I mean, right? What do you think? Oh yeah, uh, and the feast also it goes very back to uh, again Aboriginal, a very primitive thing when there wasn't much food around. Uh, when you were hunter gatherers, when you had a very good hunt. Mm -hmm then what you would do is you would celebrate. The whole clan would hold a big celebration. Um, everyone would overeat. Uh, but also, that was the time to sacrifice to the gods so that uh, to thank them for the good hunt, yeah. for what, what you received. So the meal and the celebration, uh, that staying together all of these centuries and millennia later uh, makes sense. True. The best way to learn is to, to me, is to look at multiple sources. Yeah. Um, I, n I never look at one. Mm -hmm. And uh, do the research and, and think of, take the time to think about it when you're doing the research. Compare the different sources and what they say. Particularly with the voodoo, realizing that uh, for most of its lifetime, it was not written down. Mm -hmm. So those who write it down now uh, there's a certain amount of interpretation. If you take a look at uh, an anthropologist, he's going to write it from his point of view. Uh, it's you know, try and find people who are believers, and the believers will give you a different story than the anthropologist might. Yeah, because they received it differently, and that's where you can really flesh out the information and learn a whole lot more about it. And hopefully, this is a good enough teaser that uh, people will go out there and find out what the truth is behind it, not just what uh, they hear in legend and in movies, and see if there's something there that uh, they might be able to learn from. Truth. Hell yeah, so with that, you know, we'll, we'll let you guys go a little further into the rabbit hole, and uh, we gave you a good introduction to, uh, to voodoo, and um, if you want to seek more knowledge, it's out there. You know, it's endless, endless knowledge. You know, with that, we'll, uh, we'll bid you adieu. We'll wish you uh, great blessings and good times until we meet again on the airwaves. And uh, you want to say anything else to the, to the folks before we tune off for this episode, Ray? Uh, nothing special. What I usually try and say most of the time is just keep an open mind. Um... Look at things with fresh eyes. Don't uh, try and put whatever your own training or prejudices are aside and take it for what it is. 
and then dwell on it and see what uh, may or may not work from it for you. It doesn't have to be in conflict with what you uh, presently believe. There might be something there, even if it's just learning about people and understanding them better. Truth. Just take, take a good look with an open mind. Couldn't have said it better myself. All right, folks. You heard it straight from Ray himself. The good news. And uh, keep on moving. Keep on grooving. And we'll catch y'all in the next episode of Mostly Ghostly.